Hey, and welcome to The First Issue Club. We're a comic book podcast that talks about first issues a little bit. A little bit. Talks about the news, maybe more than first issues. We're your reading club. We're accessible for everybody. The idea is, if we're talking new, it's a great jumping in point for you. That's exactly right. If you're an old head. Or a newbie. Or somewhere in the middle. I think you're still going to enjoy the convo. Yeah. At a, at a minimum, we've got some dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. We're three different registers of dude. And you can just melodically listen to that. Yeah. You guys are a well-oiled machine. I have yet to know when when I can hop, hop into this intro. <laughs> you guys are just... Y- Okay, so You're I so good. I well, related to train hopping. Like okay, sure. the 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 episodes constantly moving till we hit stop record. You just got to get your footwork going and hop on when you can. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz this train doesn't slow down for anyone. I think the advantage we also have is that just the way the studio's arranged, I'm sitting directly <laughs> across from Greg. So when we start the show, him and I are locked in eye contact. Yeah. Right. It's like speed dating. Having this, yeah, very sexual, uh-huh. high mm-hmm. fantasy yeah. <laughs> style the interaction. The chemistry is undeniable. <laughs> and then I come in between you, yeah. literally you're, and figuratively. You're the waiter who's just like, <laughs> yeah. Chop you off your wa- with your water? <laughs> yeah. How is everything while you both have food in your mouths? <laughs> We're sharing the spaghetti. Can't you see? I've been snapped back to reality. Oops, there goes rabbity. <laughs> Oh Christ! Um, that we, comic finally fell off the top ten. To your pleasure, the Eminem <laughs> Spider-Man oh, cover. Oh, thank goodness! You can thank James Gunn for that. Why on earth did that book have so much buzz for so long? Hype beast. That's all uh, it is. I hope it ends soon. There was that Jack White cover that mm-hmm. also was yeah. on the coattails of like every musician cover is going to sell like gangbusters. Yep. And there then, was the Paul McCartney world's finest for the christmas episode or issue oh i didn't realize that yeah it was like a secret cover it was uh superman and paul mccartney singing <laughs> paul mccartney's um he does like wonderful a, christmas time. Yeah. yeah simply having a wonderful christmas time mm-hmm. a terrible christmas song i said it i don't hate it there's worse ones do you guys watch basketball no i have i have watched it yeah i'll say it <laughs> Are you familiar with Paul George? Uh, it's Boy George's brother. Yeah, he was the bassist of the Beatles, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was something that um, never occurred to me before. I was listening to a basketball podcast today, okay. and they were talking about Paul George, mm-hmm. and then someone was like, what about John Ringo? <laughs> and I was like, I never put that together, yeah. that his full name is two Beatles first names is, is half of the Beatles and you know isn't that a isn't that why first issue club is so fun to listen to so current it's like that so current you know we're not so nerdy that we can't chop it up about sports sometimes we like sports we like music we're renaissance men mm-hmm. <laughs> truly ye old nerds of yore yeah, maybe you, you guys are maybe I guess uh, <laughs> you'll learn I'm just a comic book boy in who, a comic book world. Who are the names on your shirt, Andy? Uh, they're all whiskeys. <laughs> oh, I didn't Taylor, know Taylor, Stagg, Blayton, and Wheatley. Yeah. Those are all whiskeys. Yep. Maybe we're not the Renaissance men we thought we were. I guess not. I've been sober, sober for five minutes. 
Yeah, you've got a bush light in front of you. This is basically water. <laughs> it's no Boulevard Space Camper. True. Mm. Giant pause while you take a drink. <sighs> Speaking of which. Yeah. Planet Comic Con's coming to Kansas City, y'all. Hey. Oh, huh. And Who we knew? have once again paired with Planet Comic Con and Boulevard Brewing Company yeah. to do a giveaway for a single day pass to Planet Comic Con. Heck yeah. So check out all our social medias because on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we'll be doing a giveaway where you can like and retweet a post and follow us on those social medias, and you'll be entered for a giveaway. Uh, anyone is eligible. Be warned. The, the con is in Kansas City. I can't change that. Uh, there is no cash redeemable. If you do win, I don't give you any money for the ticket. You just get the ticket. Uh, so Transportation not included. It is not included. <laughs> but uh, if you do go, you get to see us there. Yeah. So that'll be fun. We'll sign a comic for you. For $10. <laughs> wow. But we bring our own CGC verifier. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'll bring a Sharpie. Yeah. So it equals out. Uh <laughs> So, that's exciting. Um, Planet Comic Con is one of the biggest in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, three days of absolute insanity. Elvira's going to be there. Uh, William Shatner's going to be the there. The Shatman himself. Tons of creators. Richard Dreyfus is going to be there. For whatever reason. This is going to be the biggest Planet Comic Con in a while. Yeah. They haven't updated the website with many creators in a minute. I'm kind of hoping every once in a while this happens on a Comic-Con where mm-hmm. there's just an mm-hmm. onslaught of like, oh, we didn't update the website for a month. Here's a ton of people who are going to be tabling. I yeah. keep telling you, Mike D, you got to follow them on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. That's where they Facebook is where I get them. most of my updates. Yeah. But I need, um, comic book wise, mm-hmm. we have Chris Claremont, mm-hmm. Roy Thomas. Yep. Um, others. Those are the two I'm really focused uh, on. Cullen Bunn will be there. Yeah. Of course. Jason uh, Aaron. Jason Aaron. Um, Jeremy Hahn, Maria Wolf, Maria Wolf. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. That'll be rad. Yep. Um, and then many others to be announced. So local KC people, stay tuned. We'll be highlighting them here. And uh, thank you to Planet Comic Con and Boulevard for allowing us to do this giveaway. Real cool dudes over there. Yeah. And dudettes. Yes. And they them's. Yeah. Cool folks. Sorry. Cool nerdos. Sure. <laughs> I think dude is all-encompassing. I always mean it all-encompassing. I, I, yeah. I do think but dude you, is all-encompassing. But you don't, yeah, you never know how people take it. So good on you for expanding it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. I need a, yeah, I need a gender-neutral version of dude. Motherfucker. Dode. Dode? Nailed it. Dyad. <laughs> We're right in the heart of the U.S. of A., I say just stick with y'all. Y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong. Partner? Sure. Oh, I like partner. Mm-hmm. Hey, partner. That has some charm to it. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one is- Is it too familiar? Nah. No. Bucko. Oh, see, but that, bucko that's sounds... a little sassy. Yeah. Well, listen, if bucko. If you're flirting, well, yeah. sure. Hey, bucko. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Giddy up. <laughs> My pronouns are ye and haw. <laughs> Probably, so, that's probably a Jeff Foxworthy joke. Probably. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a redneck if your pronouns are ye and ha. And you might be canceled if your name is Scott Adams. Oh. Fuck you, Dilbert. Dude, for real. I always, sometimes we we joke on this show and I'm like, if people don't have the context of who we are, 
three liberal white yes. guys. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's right. I'm sorry. I can't... Two and three quarters liberal white guys. <laughs> Thank you for checking me. Thank, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Where is your dad from? Uh, well, Grandpa was from Spain. Oh, Spain. Yeah, but nice. he grew up in Puerto Rico. Kick ass. So. Still an American uh, property. Spain. Spain. España. That's how you, my my <laughs> wonderful cousin Jennifer. She learned Spanish and taught over there. When they, when they say s's, they add like an e to them. Spain. Spain. Yeah. She said she told me the story one time where she was teaching and she asked the little boy, "What are you going to do this weekend?" And she and the little boy goes, "I'm going to go see a Shrek." Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, "That's the best thing I've ever heard." <laughs> and so I called him a Shrek. <laughs> For about two years after yeah. that story. How's Ishrek doing? <laughs> That's good. I like that. What is new in the comic book world? What is Let's new? Let's get on track. Well, um, you know how we love vintage comics, and we love when they come back sure. from the dead. Yeah. We all thought Battle Chasers from Joe Mads was just lost to time. He had uh, written and illustrated. Is that correct, Mike D.? Battle Chasers from 98 to 2001. I think so. And it ended on a huge cliffhanger on issue nine. And then he left comic books to go work on video games. Yeah. Vigi games, mm-hmm. as my grandma calls them. And then out of nowhere, it's announced last week that he's coming back to write Battle Chasers with number 10. Um, and then I think he's going to do a couple more issues after that. Uh, just right where the cliffhanger ended after issue nine. Hopefully it's still on your poll list. <laughs> yeah, get with your uh, LCS to see if it's still on your poll list. But I'm flabbergasted that it's coming back, but kind well, of fucking excited. I know. Well, that's the funny thing. You say cliffhanger because that was the imprint. That was the imprint. That all these <laughs> comics were on. And a lot of them... Um, like Danger Girl was one that J. Scott Campbell did, mm-hmm. and it was delayed constantly. And so yeah. like, people made a lot of jokes about the cliffhanger imprint being like <laughs> it's cursed. the one where you're just like, we're never going to find out. <laughs> Who knows if we'll get a fourth issue of this. And then like three months later, it finally comes out. But um, very excited. I have these old comics in my short boxes over there. Mm-hmm. I'll have to pull them out and read them again. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's thrilling that it, Battle Chasers has almost the impact of like Saga, and it's only on issue nine. Like it's revered as like one of these like great comic books. Yeah, that has this wild fan base, and only had nine issues out. It made that much of an impact. Uh, his style was so cool. It was revolutionary. It was yeah. the first time we saw it. The the when I saw his X Men. I was like, whoa, interested. Those shoes yeah. are huge. <laughs> <laughs> that style of that is so cool. And it's something that, like, I we we, we vamped on this uh, for a while, a couple episodes back, so I won't get into it too much. But I think so much of that, like, kind of anime, mm-hmm. illustrative manga style has really influenced comic book culture today. And he and... Oh, what's his name? Was it Adam Warren? Um, oh, I think so. Were the two first guys that I was aware of who were doing like American comics that were super anime inspired. Yeah. And Umberto Ramos, that's the other guy. Ramos kind of had Ramos, that thing yeah. too, yeah. But Ramos, you know, he had that 
huge run on Spider-Man that mm-hmm. like just put him in a different stratosphere as far as notoriety. True. So, um, anyway, I, as an old head, now I, I think I'm now classified as an old head mm-hmm. as I'm inching closer to 40. Um, I'm super pumped for this. It's, it's, it was interesting to me to see the variant artists. Um, I don't have them pulled up right now, but I was hoping that it would be all... Cliffhanger? Old dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but there are like newer, younger... I think J. Scott Campbell is, is one J. of them. J. Scott Campbell has to be one of those people. It'd yeah. be awesome if Ramos was one oh, of those people, yeah. too. I can fucking imagine. Um, but... I know Scotty Young is doing one of the variants, and there's a couple, there's a couple other modern people, and it's cool. Yeah, like I love those guys, and it's awesome to see them. But I was like, it would be hilarious if it was all like totally, like mid '90s guys, image dudes. Mm-hmm. Throw in a Rob Liefeld if you want. Yeah, yeah. This is an image book, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, it still is it still going to be on image? Unknown. I didn't see okay. one way or the other. It would be incredible if it was. Yeah. Just bring Cliffhanger back for. Just battle chasers. Uh, That'd be insane. Uh, so moving on, Andy, we talked about this before the episode started with Captain America Sentinel of Truth number 10 that came out today uh, or last week. Yeah, Well, yesterday, but yeah. Yesterday. This week. Time is an illusion. Right. Uh, Sharon Carter is getting an upgraded costume uh-huh. and it's alluded or you uh, are alluding to that she may be replacing... The previous destroyer who yeah. passed away in issue nine? No, issue ten. I mean, it happened in oh. this issue. Okay, so moment of silence. Okay. <laughs> and we have, I, I put in the Google Doc for you guys her new suit, and it looks so fucking sick. Yeah. She has, like, this retractable skull mask. Yeah. Oh, that's righteous, yeah. And I just hope it stays around because it is legitimately the most badass thing I've seen in a long time. Well, I'm hoping because as we've learned throughout Sentinel of Liberty, uh, Destroyer is a moniker that's passed at least between Mm -hmm. two guys. So Just like Colonel Sanders. Exactly. (laughs) Um, It would be sick as hell if Sharon becomes the new Destroyer. Yes. And she just... She does, needs to. Yeah. If she just does spy stuff and finally has a spy name instead of- Agent 13. Agent 13. Yeah, move away from that shit. Yeah. She needs a fucking badass name like Destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a sleek white outfit with like spots of gold and black and like, God, I can't get over how insane that mask is. The looks. mask is And the fact so that it's cool. retractable makes it even yeah. more- it, it almost looks like the Taskmaster- Mask yeah. from the um, Black Widow movie. Yeah. 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 It's sick as hell. It looks like R.B. Silva did this I think character you m- design cover. Maybe right. Um, he does a lot of character designs for Marvel now, mm-hmm. which I love that they find those like artists who are like normal ongoing artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're like, this person has such a good finger on the pulse of like fashion and design yep. and can put together like a really cool outfit for characters. And RB Silva's one of those people for sure. Yeah. Him and Dodderman. Dodderman, yeah, all the Hellfire Gala yeah, designs. It. So fun. Yeah. They they really touched a nerve. Well those with the design variants. The Hellfire ones are like that that series or those those outfits were only seen in a couple issues, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people cosplay as those all the time now. Yeah, it's, it's hot it, as hell. It's cool how yeah, like iconic hot. they've become, 
um, after just such a brief splash. Yeah. It's almost like you can hear Tim Gunn in the background just like, make it work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dodderman's just like drawing out the outfit. That's And he does. Yeah. That's what's cool. Did, did you leave enough time, Dodderman? <laughs> I would love to see if they do Marvel MCU stuff. Mm. They got to do some sort of Hellfire Gala short yes. or you could do it like almost White Lotus style. Where everyone goes to like a, you know, like an island somewhere and you see all the different things that are happening at different times of the one party or like leading up to the party. It would be such a cool, like dramatic show that maybe features superpowers, but isn't like centered around it. You just get to see like the dynamics between characters. Can Can I pitch you an idea for a show? Sure. So we both know, we all know here that fashion and nerd stuff kind of overlap. Pretty often, I would agree. Sure. I think now they do. Okay, but that's I think, fine. Yeah. I think they used to be like... Polar opposites? Yeah, yeah completely. I'll accept your premise for now. Would it Would it be fun? <laughs> Thank you. Just you know what? Thank you. For the sake that you can continue, yeah, sure. <laughs> to have that recognition means the world to me. Here's the show. Bring on, quote unquote, nerd or geek fashion designers and have them make outfits mimicked on either X-Men or Avengers or whatever. And, like, it's a real, like, competitive reality show. Oh, it's like Project Runway Exactly. superhero outfits. Put it on Disney+. Plus. You still get to do the superhero angle, but you get to see people make things and, you know, what they're inspired by, by certain uh, superheroes or whatever. Are they doing original character costumes? No, no, no. Like, like you're given some, like, like, let's say there's, like, names in a hat. Yeah, and, and you, you pull, pull out. one out. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm picturing a hat, and it's got pieces of paper in it. Mm-hmm. And look, one of them says Colossus. Sure. And so, like, what does another one say? Another one says Glob. Okay. And then another one says Captain America. Glob, the character that doesn't wear clothes. Glob, the character who is pink, <laughs> loves chickens, and is kind of goopy. Uh huh. Make an outfit. Make, make it work. Make it work. Just inspired by him. Yeah. It's not his superhero outfit. Correct. No, this, this don't, isn't no like, don't make a gelatinous suit for someone the, to wear. God okay. damn it, Mike. I'm trying to make a fun show. I thought you were saying, like, cosplay the runway. Uh, I see where the, the miscommunication yeah. was. I, I apologize, sharks. <laughs> the outfit will be inspired by yeah. the superhero, whether it be, be color palette or just how they did with the Hellfire Gala of just, like, what would this person wear yeah. to an event. It's for a very specific audience. Me. Well, I think I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah. I think that uh you could get a lot of like unknown fashion designers mm-hmm. put their own spin on you know designing a costume based around yeah a, a superhero. I I like it. You know what? I'm in. I'll give you thank you. <laughs> 5% of the company for $1. <laughs> Well, I'll have to walk away. I'm sorry. <laughs> the shark is out. <laughs> I'll get you. Sorry, Greg. I'll get you. All right. Give me time. Uh, Andy, last week we talked about the Contest of Chaos. Dope. And at the time, uh, it was unknown what this event was. My Contest of Chaos is a new summer event that Marvel is doing uh-huh. in the vein of Contest of Champions. We okay. S- we see promotional art done by Brian Hitch. Who and it's like just uh, Marvel heroes and villains just battling one another yeah. in some kind of contest of chaos. It has now been revealed that the main antagonist behind all of this is Agatha. 
Mm, makes sense. So she is creating these um, chaotic events to prove that she's the, you know, most supreme uh, witch in the MCU. Uh, all the while trying to reassemble a new Darkhold. Mm. Turns out it was Agatha. All along. It was Agatha all along. God damn it! And it comes out this June. So if you just want to see heroes and villains duke it out for no reason other than the enjoyment of a witch named Agatha. That's pretty dope. Enjoy. That'll be interesting, because the last time we saw her, I believe, was in the pages of Strange Academy as a professor at Strange Academy. Was she a professor? Oh, she was. I think so. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. Good guy for a minute. For just a quick minute. Back or was she? Guy. She needed a paycheck. <laughs> Witches <laughs> gotta go to Target too. Don't we all? <laughs> and then lastly... To coincide with the new Guardians of the Galaxy series that is premiering in April or May, mm-hmm. we're going to get Groot variants. Dude, Groot is invading your Marvel variants, folks. Oh, I hate when they do this. Fresh off the heels of Pen of the Apes comes I'm, Groot. I'm sorry. Big apologies to people who love this thing, but... It's kind of shoehorned in. It's not that... Yeah, it's, this is like... Groot on every cover of every comic book that comes out for like a week or a couple yes. weeks. You, you fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, almost like the thing they're doing with the Spider Verse stuff coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. It's like Spider Verse versions of I don't know Agatha, yeah. Captain America as Spider Man. Yeah, but now and I, I saw some of the previewed uh, Groot covers on ComicBookResources.com, not affiliated with FirstIssueClub.com, but that's okay. And they're kind of just generic, just like you know. Captain America and Groot back to back, just like what's going on? <laughs> it's like not even. I'm that sure. Inspired. I mean, they get they get amazing artists to do this stuff, but when you get asked su- for such a specific thing, yeah, that maybe doesn't jive or is like so niche that it's not going to be a character that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. then you're kind of asking for some lackluster covers and for collectors. These are like kryptonite. They don't get them. They just are, do not get them. You, you could let's say one of them is going to be like X Men Thirty that and that something really cool happens mm-hmm. in it. And there's a great first appearance. The A cover sells for a hundred bucks. The Groot <laughs> variant of this comic <laughs> sells for four dollars for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Like, n- those comics are worth nothing. Yeah. Not even, like, the cool illustrated ones. I've never seen in the history of specific variants one popped off and everyone's just like, I got to have that one. Yeah. Except uh, maybe the hip-hop variants. I, you are a dirty liar. Oh, prove me wrong. Gwenpool uh, was a variant cover of Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Okay. Her first ever appearance. The whole series they did was Gwen as Stacy different... as different Marvel heroes. Okay, there's okay. One outlier out of how many? Okay, okay, but I I thought of one sitting here in this room. You came prepared. <laughs> but the rest of the covers were garbage. Were yeah, we're like nothing burgers. Yeah, but they're funny. Look, Sometimes. If, if they would have done Groot as Captain America, Groot as the X-Men, Groot as... Maybe. The these, Punisher. I'm still not interested. These covers were just like just like them sitting at like a park bench. Yeah, it's I like, know. these are nothing. These are just like, can you draw a Groot real quick? And people are like, I guess. 
<laughs> now put Captain America on it. Yeah. Okay. And like other really like huge Groot heads, Groot heads out there, just like a oh, hell yeah, give me my living tree boy. I think Marvel's probably trying to get that that young Yoda money. Yeah, baby Groot, Yoda. Let's get that synergy. Groot's for kids. But some of the some of these were like adult Groot. Yeah. Like he's off. I, adult Groot's for kids. Doing taxes. <laughs> adult Groot is not for children. Yeah, he is. Groot does taxes. Ah, that was a great miniseries. I remember <laughs> Sal Buscema did the art. I love this vein of thinking. Just art like does. Mundane Groot life. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my wife. He's just like us. I could not believe they got Alan Moore to write it, you know? <laughs> Groot contemplates life. Am I alive because I make life? Anyway, that's all the news I had, actually. Does anyone else have any n- 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 news? Um, I got my printed DC previews for whatever month it would be for. May? Yeah, maybe. May or June. <laughs> um, and I'm super excited about the new Teen Titans creative team. Oh, yeah. Tom Taylor writing yes. and Nicholas Scott doing the art. More Tom Taylor, please. Yeah. Fuck the haters. Yeah, Tom Taylor rules. And Nicholas Scott blew me away for the first time with uh, Black Magic. Oh, right. That, yeah. That Greg Rucka book that she did the art for. Uh, so I am stoked. It ripped. It was to so see good. More of her art. I'm loving DC lately. You are loving DC. They're making so many good calls. I'm falling in love with a bunch of characters that have been around forever that, like, I'm. it's just clicking for me the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, they've fucking figured it out. Yeah. Gonna have to start calling you Mike DC. Mike DC. Oh. Fun. Yeah, that's nice. Sounds like a good ring to it. I have. Good job, Andy. I have maybe, I think I've got around a thousand DC comics. Okay. I've got 30. And you call yourself a fan. I've got, I know I've got 3,500 Marvel comics. Yikes. Okay. And then something like 1,500 Image comics. Mm Mm-hmm. I think in the next couple of years, you see a switch. DC is going to surpass Image. I'll probably never have a publisher surpass Marvel for me. Yeah, I good. can't. Yeah. I can't foresee stopping enough of those books to ever have Image or uh, DC pass it. So, so I read the new Action Comics and Superman books. Yeah, and if those keep up the same energy. That I read with those issues, you're fucking right. Action action comic books have been pre-ordering all those. Those have been phenomenal. It just seems like a complete breath of fresh air has swept through DC. Has the um, John Kent electric blues comes out soon? Next week comes out next week. Okay, I I've got it on my list, so I'll be talking about it. Yeah, I'm wondering how that's gonna be. I think the I'm blue. Did he get that power? He he had that. He got it from Pepsi. Oh, I just heard something crazy about Pepsi the other day. You guys want to do a Pepsi side tangent? Yeah. Pepsi. Welcome to Pepsi Doc. I get my news from Instagram. I get my news from Pepsi.com. Take Have you heard about the shit that you create? Apparently they're drinking Coke. Russia's a real Coke guy. Um Okay, apparently um Pepsi during the nineties was trying to, or maybe 80s, was trying to work their way into fast food chains to, like, establish themselves as, like, more of a competitor. The dominant soda. Coke, right. And everybody was so 
Coke sold so well, everyone was like, we don't want to touch so it's polar bears. Pepsi. <laughs> any, Point. Any, any other jokes? No, go on. Yeah, I'll continue my story. <laughs> um, so apparently uh-huh. Pepsi bought Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. Sure. Just to get Pepsi into those oh my god franchises, um, they yeah. were like, it's going to be easier for us in the long run, and it'll do more for us market share wise to just fucking buy these companies and uh, make us the home make, soda, make us the home. So, and still to this day, mm-hmm. those three companies sell Pepsi. They have those like Kentaco Huts, as we call them in the Midwest. I don't mm-hmm. know. If what people call them I elsewhere. call them hangover cures <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's the only reason you get those like multi uh fast food buildings where you can like yeah get one of each yeah i remember when pepsi struck that major blow in the cola wars we lost a lot of good men <laughs> lost a lot of good men my brother died in the cola wars yeah r.i.p he's yeah. buried at arlington right mm-hmm. yep right <laughs> right right in the soda fields <laughs> Soda fields. Um, Tomb of the Unknown Soda. I I hate that soda companies have to compete with us over which one's the coolest soda. It's fucking sugar water. I don't care. Yeah, but also it's Mountain Dew. It always has been. I don't have a... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a good call. Baja Blast. I was trying to think of what's the coolest one in my head. It's Mountain Dew. It's Code Red, baby. It's got to be Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is clearly the coolest, regardless I, of what your favorite is. Are we forgetting is. about Surge? My brain no. went to... Well, <laughs> Surge is gone, right? Yeah. Um, oh, it, it, it OD'd. Um, it was too extreme. <laughs> my first thought was Sprite popped into my head immediately. Sprite? Just because they drink when you're sick. They do better com- uh, commercials. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mountain Dew is like... Rad. When yeah. Mountain Dew and Doritos like linked up, you're just like, oh fuck! Here's it's the over. next dynamic duo, folks. Yeah. Move over, Batman and Robin. <laughs> this and Xbox are gonna kill me all combined <laughs> yeah. together. This and ED like are gonna the... have a great time. Holy Trinity of <laughs> shithead twenty something. <laughs> so okay, so is this our stance now that Mountain Dew is the coolest soda? Yeah, yeah, easily. Whoa, that was first unanimous. Issue, Holy shit! Club confirmed. Okay, so. Here's what sound off social media if you think Mountain Dew is or is yeah. or is not the I'm coolest. I'm not saying soda. I can't be swayed. If you give me a good reason for Dr Pepper, I'll hear it out. Dr Pepper. There's 32 the sm- fucking flavors. Dr Pepper's the smartest soda. Yeah, clearly he's he went a doctor. To seven years of school. Yeah, mm-hmm. he went to soda medical school. Dodge the draft. <laughs> <sighs> Boy, I I am so upset. I can't think of a cooler soda. Because it's Mountain Dew. I nailed it in one. What about yeah. Fago? No. That's en- endorsed by ICP. I, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, any, is any other soda endorsed as heavily as Fago is by any kind of band? I don't know. Exactly. Moving on. <laughs> Did you guys read any comic books this week? I read a ton, actually. Me too. There were a lot of first issues that came out this week. I haven't gotten my next month's shipment yet so i've been in a little bit of a hole lately let me i need to look on clz and see what the last handful of things is this the segment we called stay good (laughs) it stayed good it stayed good i might be doing more it stayed good 
rather. Than I actually the love first that issue. segment of just like, you know, we covered it at the first issue. I've and it stayed good. I've got one for stayed good. Where right. monsters lie, oh, Kyle cool. Starks from our buddy Kyle Starks. I love uh, that first issue. We're now halfway through the story. <laughs> There's only four two. issues. I know, I know. And it's progressing exactly the way I wanted it to. Uh, the the cops showed up at the end of issue one, mm-hmm. and issue two, it just pops off. Uh, I heard there's more gore. There's a lot more gore. <laughs> Hell fucking yes. But yeah, this this series absolutely rips. Um, if you haven't read it yet, please go do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want more stories set in this universe already. It seems so simple to do more spinoffs from the Where Monsters Lie-averse. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure Kyle Starks does not want us calling it that. <laughs> the Wareverse. The Wareverse. Um, but I'm super pumped. Kyle Starks just recently got announced he's doing a Black Label book for DC. Yeah, he's doing a Peacekeeper book. So Peacemaker. Peace pa- peacemaker. Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper is what I need when I drink too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, so he's he's going a mile a minute. Yeah. The man who never sleeps, Kyle Starks. Yeah, pretty stoked about that. Uh, Where Monsters Lie, it stayed good. It stayed good. <laughs> Um, my It Stayed Good, and technically a first issue, was Murder World Game Over. Dude, yes. Um, that was Zub, right, who wrote that? And Fox. And Fox. Yep. This is an arcade. It's an arcade storyline that's been going through, like, uh, Murder World Wolverine. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Moon Knight. Yep. Um, it took a fucking turn that yeah. I did not think was going to happen that floored me. Yeah. You, you, this whole series, you're just like they're really not going to go there, and at the end of the series, and they 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 fucking went there. Yep, and they did the thing that no one thought they were going to do with these people and the situations, and this book ripped because of it. It was so good, and it set it up for a potential sequel. So that's what I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. at the end of this book. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a call to action for us, the reader. Mm-hmm. Did you read the? Yes. The final. Okay. Everybody needs to write Marvel mm-hmm. and say that you want more Murder World. You want more Murder World, and you want Natasha's story to be told. to be told and to be wrapped up. Yes. Because I've been desperate for it since the Black Widow ongoing was canceled. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit more of it in this story, mm-hmm. and Marvel said they're listening to us, the fans. So. This is my first issue club spearhead. We need to be the folks yes. <laughs> that make this happen. So we're going to make a campaign. I want you to go to your social medias. I want you yeah. to at whatever editor or whoever you can at Marvel. Continue on with the arcade Black Widow storyline. Yeah. Because it has some fucking legs, folks. For real. And it is running right now. And we want to see where this goes. Yeah. Would arcade be a good movie villain? Yes, oh my god! One hundred percent. He's almost like Jigsaw from yeah. Saw. Yeah, but goofier, more charismatic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like a crossover between the Riddler and Jigsaw. Exactly. Yeah, he's like. Um, I hate his uh, look. It's too like ventriloquist like dummy. Yeah, game the show bow tie, guy. white yeah. suit. Okay, but you put Jesse Eisenberg in a white suit with a bow tie. Fuck that, Mark Summers. <laughs> Mark, that's a from what would you do? Nickelodeon, from host? Nickelodeon, yeah, from uh, Double Dare, Double Dare, that was it. <laughs> make him arc, make him a villainous arcade 
People got to sure. go through the slime to find the <laughs> flag. Okay, X-23, you got to go through yeah. the slime and watch out for the saw blades. After you answer this question. <laughs> sure, man. Jesse Eisenberg's good, too, but I think he's burnt out mm-hmm. from he's doing not... uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. This would be, that he that would be a fun Marvel movie to do with like we need a random reason to get these three characters together everyone loves yeah and it's just like throw them into murder world I want Ron Funches at, as an arcade I think he'd be great yeah you know like picking like a quirky like, comedian like a comedian type mm-hmm. ooh Paul F Tompkins can you imagine our our boy Brian Posehn Brian <laughs> plays he's plays already arcade. got the red hair yeah. <laughs> The most unenthused arcade. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, we met uh, Brian Pesane. Super nice not, dude. Did we not talk about that? No, we didn't. Because oh. uh, we went right into our Bond talk in our yeah. last episode. Uh, he came to Elite Comics here in Kansas City. Fucking awesome dude. Yeah, he was signing comics He was so chill. Yeah. And he was, like, super jazzed to see your comic, Mike. He was like, oh, I remember this one. Like, yeah, CM I- Punk wanted to be in here, but we couldn't get him in time. And he was just telling all these wild-ass stories. Yeah, he was cool. We're big fans. Big big fans. Big Posehn heads. Starting from Mr. Show. Speaking of big, he's super tall. Yeah, famously. He's like an he's like Andre the Giant big. He's yeah. a famously large man. Yeah. So I think he's coming back next year for Planet. That's what I maybe. Yeah, heard. they said that they were gonna try and get him. Which so, is dope. Fingers crossed. More Posehn. There was a guy who called Elite Comics. Oh my god, this fucking thing. Apparently pissed that they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't bring in a CGC rep for uh, Brian Posehn. For Brian Posehn, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you have the nerve to call ahead to a shop to see if they have a CGC verifier yeah. is w- just insane. A little weird. Yeah, just let it be. I don't let know. It be what yeah. it is. It's just supposed to be like he's doing a. He was he was at the shop because he was doing a comedy show that night. He uh-huh. had a couple like spare hours that uh-huh. he popped in. Yes, it's like it should just be a fun, casual thing. Yeah, like, and it's super, and it really was. Yeah, yeah. So. I know it's not. It's it's probably not that big of a deal to get a CGC rep or p- person to like witness stuff, but at the same time, it kind of takes the the fun out the of the casual it. nature of it yeah. out of it, and turns it more into like a money thing. And then it's like, it, does someone come in with like? A hundred copies of something at that point to yes. get slabbed and sell, and then at that point, does he start saying, "Okay, I got to charge fifty dollars a signature now because because of this fucking guy"? Yeah, it just kind of spoils the whole vibe. Put totally. It, put it this way: nobody calls ahead to the shop and is like, "Oh, I'm really interested in getting my one copy of Deadpool signed." Yeah, is there a CGC verify? Yeah, is there a CGC verify? Get fucked. Um, I just realized I have a Tales from the Shop. Do we want to save it for the Patreon, or do we want to do it right now? Uh, that's historically been a Patreon. Let's tease all the stuff that's happening on the Patreon today. Okay, so on the Patreon, we have a Tales from the Shop where Andy and I went to Half Price Books and met a very interesting woman. <laughs> that was a good time. Um, <laughs> we are going to be doing another Rude Reviews, where I read bad reviews from DC movies, and you have to guess which DC movie they're talking about. Can't mm-hmm. wait. And now we have a new game on the show called Amalgamations, where Andy set this one up last two weeks ago, actually, where we combine two indie or independent publishing characters into one new character. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have five each, really? Right? Yeah. I think so. 
So we're doing that, and well, couple- I think we're also going to try to record a vi- at yeah. record the episode as a video for the first time. Thank God I did my makeup. And so we're doing our first ever video mm-hmm. episode, and if that goes well, I tell you what, most Patreon uh, accounts I've seen mm-hmm. charge more for a video tier. And guess what we're going to do? Not that. Also, that not thing. that. Yeah, <laughs> Andy's like wait, fifty dollars. We, we haven't discussed this, guys. <laughs> Yeah, so we're super pumped to do that, and if it goes really well, we may start videoing the normal, the main episodes, and putting them on YouTube. We didn't talk about that guy. That means I'll have to record with pants on, and you—that was my one stipulation. We'll put that one on OnlyFans. Perfect. (laughs) The Hog Edition. That was rude. (laughs) That was a big, genuine smile from you after you said Hog Edition. So that was your Patreon tease. If that sounds enticing to you. Go to patreon.com backslash first issue club. You'll find a ton of stuff over there um, to enjoy. Um, a comic I read, yeah, mm-hmm. new first issue, Phantom Road by Jeff Lemire. I read that one too. Um, quick shout out to our boys over at Oblivion Bar Pod. They got an exclusive cover for <laughs> Phantom Road from their uh, partnership with Whatnot. Yeah, that's dope. And it, the cover is fucking awesome. Yeah. So um, go over there, check them out, see if you can get a copy of that. Uh, congrats to those dudes. Um, and also go to hell, because that's one of my dreams, to have an exclusive variant. <laughs> the Greg variant. The Greg variant. It's just Alf. Um, <laughs> Phantom Road blew my mind. It was, And it was so short. Dude, it, <laughs> it, it went a mile a minute. It was it? very quick, yeah. but the storytelling in there was so precise and condensed and, like, riveting mm-hmm. and, like... I'm going to say this is going to sound weird. It read like a Jeff Lemire book, and it did not read like a Jeff Lemire book. This is a new phase of Jeff Lemire we're seeing. Yeah. That is, uh, like, he's trying out something new here, and it's really hitting. What genre is it? We kind of don't know. It's like a sci-fi horror. Action. Yeah, yeah. maybe Lovecraftian. It's like a new kind of bizarre thing. It's interesting how. Childhood trauma. Well, I that's, that's what in, I was, that's in the Jeff Lemire's wheelhouse. I was gonna say it's interesting how he maintained those like family dynamics thing that yes. he like does so well, mm-hmm. but still managed for this to be like an all out action. It was crazy first issue. The yeah. the tension and the drama, uh, and, and like I said, it read really quick. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, can issue two come out tomorrow? Because I need uh, to read this right now. I wanted this to be a 64 page book. It was. Yeah. Di- it was dynamic. Definitely worth your time, folks. So For sure. Phantom Road. Yeah. Jeff Lemire, Image Comics. Assuming this is going to be an ongoing. I hope so. God, I, I hope so. I haven't so. read otherwise. Yeah. It's going to be a mini or maxi. Yeah. It was dope. Is that on your pull list, Mike? Yes. It fucking should be. Good. I pull anything Jeff Lemire automatically. Smart move. The Mountain Dew of the Week. <laughs> um, what else did I read? Oh, let me check my list here. Well, I've got one while you're looking. Yeah. I read Hunt, Kill, Repeat from Mad Cave. Oh, cool. No, I never heard of that. This is uh, Mark London and Francesco Arc. I am not even going to take a stab at this That's artist's okay, last man. name. Uh, but it's Hunt, Kill, Repeat, again, on Mad Cave. Um, this is Kill Bill if all the major characters in Kill Bill were Greek gods. Go on. Yeah. So it starts... Over the course of three pages, the mm-hmm. Greek gods are sick of humanity, and they take over the world. That's how the story starts. Done and done. Um, as the story goes on, we find out that Artemis, the goddess of the hunt, 
mm-hmm. um, has kind of stepped away from being a god. Uh, she's not interested in living amongst the gods and being a god. She's living among humans, um, kind of yada, yada, yada. Yeah, much and, like many a Kardashian. Yeah. Um, you find out that she's pregnant. Zeus finds out that she's pregnant and... Not from him? Not from him. <laughs> and kills her. Oh. But actually, she's in a coma. And she wakes up 10 years later. Okay. Her husband's dead. Her child is dead. She's living in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and she goes on a revenge rampage. Hell yeah. Um, That's the setup for that's the book. It. And I'm stoked to see how this goes. I am a sucker for revenge stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Kill Bill is probably my favorite Tarantino movie. Old Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time. And... I am stoked to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, there, Artemis has to team up with like an underground human uh, coalition that's trying to rebel against the gods. And so, what um, does it give like a time frame of when this is set or just like? It's like current day. Oh, okay. Ish, you know. Sure. Current ish day. Yeah, I like that the characters are dressed like modern people. But like are also godlike. Yeah, like, yeah. All the gods are dressed in like you know they have like jeans. jeans. They yeah. have like jeans on, but they've got like gold accessories. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool look. And nice. then whenever they use their like god powers, they have these like you know how Greeks used to have the little like leave mm-hmm. crown fillings. Yeah. yeah, they have those that appear like over their heads when they're like yep. doing god stuff. So that's legit. Yeah, it's a super uh, sick book. I'm glad I took a stab at it. Um, Kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Um, Mad, Cave is, Mad Cave is one of those publishers I haven't quite dipped my toe into yet. Yeah. But it seems like every book they have on there is pretty legit. I mean, they did Nottingham, mm-hmm. um, which blew up before I got a chance to read any of it. Thank, um, thank you, Spec Market. Yeah. They, They've had a couple books that have been like a phenomenon like that. Yeah. They just dropped a hardcover, actually, of the first volume of Nottingham. Oh, cool. I'm probably going to pick up. But- Anyway, um, Mark London is the CEO of Mad Cave. Well, there you go. Oh, nepotism. No wonder his He's book a is little on nepo there. baby <laughs> of his own company. Of his own company. How dare he? Yeah. So Hunt Kill Repeat. Uh, pretty cool. Nice. Kind of excited about it. Cool. Um, the final book I read was Cosmic Ghost Rider, and Stephanie Phillips is writing this one. Oh no, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's right. Um, uh, this is one I probably skipped. Yeah. And if you I know knew what? Stephanie Phillips was writing it. I probably would have bought it. So I got this digitally okay. because I was just like, you know what? This is another generic Marvel thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Cosmic Ghost Rider, you know, looks cool, so they'll probably sell a lot of covers. I'm upset with myself because I wish I had bought this physically mm. because it is such a fun story that mm. Stephanie Phillips is setting up here, and it is much more than a cash grab. It is much more than just some hollow, you know, Ghost Rider story. We're going to get a lot of depth and a lot of background on um you know Frank and how he became all these things and the the the, the time in between he was a, a a herald for Galactus and the right hand of Thanos like and he has to I think the main overarching story is he's going to be brought to justice for all the things he supposedly did in the um in the vein of vengeance yeah so um it, it, I, I was floored when I read it, and I'm, I'm very excited to hopefully go find a number one on the shelves and then start collecting from there. Nice. It's rad. Um, 
everything Stephanie Phillips writes rips. Yep. It is wild to think that like most of my top 10 favorite writers right now in comics are women. Mm-hmm. And you think about how many women writers I knew of when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like Louise Simonson and that's it. <laughs> You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, unbelievable. It's very cool. Now, yeah, now you've got like more representation in comics. Yeah, major and shift, that, and that industry's opened up more, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and the stories we're getting from it are incredible. It's just cool. Like yeah. we talk about Leah Williams all the time about how a major shift is happening with all the characters that she tackles. Mm-hmm. That it's like we wouldn't have gotten we wouldn't have gotten exterminators from yeah you know some seasoned Marvel tenured dude yeah like that is a fresh female voice injecting that story into x-men and it fucking killed yeah yeah i think we talked about how she she was maybe the only person who could write this power girl sub story that she's writing right now like correctly (laughs) like she's got the perfect voice to handle that character and so many other characters that have been like traditionally mishandled yeah you know, you have these men kind of stuttering around, like some of these overly sexualized characters for so long. And then, how do you bring that into the modern time? Modern times, <laughs> and there's things that just like you know, men can't no write those stories. Obviously, like, oh, what's, what's how, how can we correctly portray modern femininity and like sexuality? Oh, I don't know. Maybe have a female writer. Tackle uh, yeah. a, a female superhero. That's a novel idea. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Well, and this is the so this is the reason like a lot like I if you listen to the show if you listen to the show for a long time I collect um, first appearances of women characters is like my the grails I seek anyway mm-hmm. are are women first appearances mostly women of Marvel but I've I've just started kind of expanding into DC stuff yeah as well. Um, it's because I fall in love with these characters or I have fallen in love with them over the past 10 years and then I go back and explore these older stories and they're like <laughs> so rough to read Yeah, and you can really tell mm-hmm. the difference when like I, someone just has like an ounce of empathy for <laughs> the character in the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a world of difference. Well, yeah. It's like when it's like you can tell when and like I'm, an AI bot is writing like yeah. a, a fucking memo. You're like, oh, this is a non-human doing and I'm, this. And I'm not saying men should write men characters and women should write women characters. End of story. Right. Like that's that's not the case at all. But there are some female-led stories. That men just can't write mm-hmm. with a certain like, or a perspective they have no insight well, yeah, on. Yeah, with a certain depth or perspective, there are just certain stories with these characters that we've missed out on for so long, mm-hmm. and we're finally getting them in the yeah. last ten years because of all these great talented people like Kelly Thompson, Leah Williams, Teeny Stephanie Howard. Phillips, Teeny Howard is one of my top ten favorite people. Vita Ayala, I love. Yeah. Um, so many, so many great creators. Yes, it's it's a great time to be 
a comic book fan, as we always say. Yes. <laughs> um, the other first issue I read mm-hmm. is a Colin Bunn joint on AWA, uh, Red Zone. Oh, I see. Is it a hammer and sickle? Yeah. Did you guys hear about this one? Uh, no. No? It kind of flew under the radar for me, too. Um, so it's a spy story. It takes place in Russia. Um, kind of has like a James Bond-looking guy on there. Yeah, that's why, obviously, I picked it up. <laughs> um, but knowing that Colin Bunn is writing it, mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's a weird story for Colin Bunn to be writing. Yeah, is there going to be like a horror aspect to it? So <laughs> He's the devil. <laughs> so the first issue, not a lot of horror stuff. Right, okay. it's a pretty straightforward spy story. Mm-hmm. This martinis, sex, car. This old professor <laughs> of like Russian culture. He's a, like a college professor. Mm-hmm. He gets contacted by this spy crew to go and extract this defector from Russia. And the reason he's contacted is she was like his his boo thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes in and is extracting this woman and the whole spy team gets shot up by, you know, the KGB or whoever. Sure. But at the end of the story, you find out that he's got access to a secret room full of guns, right? Mm -hmm. Very intriguing. Then I read the letter page that Colin Bunn wrote Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, all those guns can talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, He goes, he was like sitting down to write a spy story is not my style. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I usually stand up for those. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Craig. Sorry, 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 sorry. Continue. He's like, this is this is like kind of outside my wheelhouse. Yeah. And then at the end of it, he's like, I have to incorporate monsters or sci-fi oh, or weirdness yeah. somehow. And the last line of his thing is, I thought to myself, how weird can you make it? Oh. And then I looked at the cover, and there's like a cyborg robot guy on there. Oh, yeah, cool. So I'm thinking that at some point this story is going to turn into a little more of a sci-fi something, sci-fi spy, a weirder James Bond story. Which is kind of a cool shift that we've never seen in espionage stuff yet. Yeah. Just like, uh, what if James Bond stumbled upon an elder god? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, you you can't sex your way out of this, James. Yeah. (laughs) You have to deal with it. Yeah, so it's it's very grounded in reality. It's a cool spy story, first and foremost, which is great. Mm -hmm. I'm all over that. Yeah. But the the prospect that there's going to be some kind of sci-fi weirdness on top of it is just like, you know, the icing on the cake for me. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear an update on that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, hopefully I pre ordered that. that. Sounds great. Mike Diodato Jr. did all the art on it too. He does, oh, yeah. he does like everything for AWA. I Yeah. He's really like on every single book. Yeah. But, you know, he's on top of his game. It looks yeah. great. Yeah. Um, it looks like a James Bond story in on the inside. Whatever. The art's amazing. The story seems very cool. And the B cover looks like a movie poster, so it like checked all my boxes. <laughs> Insta buy, as yeah. Vargas says. Yeah, hell yeah, dude! That sounds actually really fucking exciting. It's pretty rad, and it's a four issue mini. I'm always all about small investment. Yeah, four yeah. issue story that you can get for you know four bucks an issue or whatever. So, Red Zone on AWA, get zoned. Red Zone. Uh, really quickly, my stayed good. I finally finished Maw. Do you remember Maw? Oh, yeah. It was a boom book we read mm-hmm. 
that where like a woman goes to a woman's retreat and then it gets like a little horror-esque mm-hmm. and you don't know whether like the women's retreat is like has evil motivations or some or, outside force or, whatever. or yeah or there's some outside forces influencing it or that they're trying to protect people from um the first issue was like super heavy um i'll say trigger warning for a lot of like sexual assault type oh, of stuff right. for this book which like the story was so good but Sometimes with those sort of stories, it takes me a while to like gear myself back up to like check it out to fin like really finish it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm gonna be like sad for <laughs> yeah. Like you, have, <laughs> you have to gear yourself up hour for I'm it. sitting down. It was um very very moving. Very um, it does have like a wild sci-fi turn in it that has a lot of cool meaning wrapped up in it. Um, if you like a heavy read and you like kind of feminist writings, mm-hmm. Ma is like a huge recommend from me. Nice. Is that Ma, M-A, like mother, or Ma, M-A-W, like a mouth? Mouth. Got it. And that's on Boom? Boom. Nice. Stayed good, Ma. Stayed good, Ma. I bought issues two through, I think there was five issues of it, um, during a Midtown variant sale mm-hmm. or something. Gotta and love it. There's some amazing Tula La Toy covers that oh, were like all yes. ratio incentives, and they were like 60, 70% off, so I got them for around like seven bucks each. Hell yeah. They're great covers. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we've reached the end of the show then. If you can't get enough, <laughs> join us on the Patreon. Absolutely nice. right. Uh, a, a reminder, check our social media posts. If you live in Kansas City, where we're doing a uh, joint thing with Planet Comic Con and Boulevard Brewing Company, we'll be giving away a one-day pass to Planet Comic Con coming up uh, March 18th, th- 17th through 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look out for that. All you need to do is like, retweet, and follow those accounts. Um, find every editor you can at Marvel. Tell them we want more Murder World. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not dropping... This until we get another Black Widow series, <laughs> this is or at hill. least get this this, this uh, story finished. This is the hill you die on. Oh yeah, I'm on top of that hill, baby. <laughs> and as always, please support your local comic book shops. They need your uh, money and support. Um, and from all of us here at First Issue Club, remember to bag and board them. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.